Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to anyone and everyone who is listening to the Hope Rising Ministries podcast right now. We are so excited to be with you for another edition today and another episode where we love to talk about Jesus, apologetics, and life, and just what they have to do with each other and how we live it out each and every day and how we can, as Christians, as followers of Christ, live out apologetics and how we can share Jesus with one another. So today, um, if you're listening to this, this is the, the week after Christmas. So we hope that you all had a very merry and wonderful Christmas. And with me, as always, is Trey. Good morning, Trey. How are you today? Good morning, Alex. Hello, 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 peoples. How was, uh, how was your, your Christmas holiday and weekend and, and all of that? Uh, it was good. Um, uh, you know, I'm still tired. <laughs> you know, Same. This, is, this is my, uh, I think I've mentioned before, this is my 30th year of being Santa Claus. Yep. So I did that again, which was fulfilling. Um, just to see the the faces, you know, the bright, oh, yeah. the bright smiles and the, oh my gosh, you know, moments. Those are, those yep. are good on Christmas morning. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, Currently, at the moment, my wife and I are sending for you know one child. I can't imagine doing it for for multiple. Um, so I'm I'm sure that's even even extra work. But you are correct, though it is very exciting and uh, brings as much joy as any gift I could ever get when I see uh, our son's excitement about you know something that he gets or a new toy or a new book or something he has. So, Yep. It's, uh, just, just, we have to teach him uh, that, that it's better to give than receive. Right. Yep. <laughs> Santa Claus has learned that a long, long, long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, into, into our discussion today, um, which really comes from another, you know, holiday, I guess, that, that is approaching pretty quickly and comes a week after Christmas every year, and that is New Year. And as we approach the New Year, um, I think everybody can pretty much agree that 2020 was a rough one, and we are all looking forward, or we hope to look forward to 2021 in the sense that it can be better. Uh, than 2020. And really, if you think about it, every single year is is pretty much the same. We get to the new year and we we make what people call New Year's resolution. And those are basically, you know, goals that we set forth to do better, to be better, to kind of start over, um, to have a new beginning, uh, you know, those types of of goals. And so we make them every single year. Um, And, you know, let's be honest, we probably by, you know, February or March, we've probably already failed and and missed a couple of them. (laughs) Yep. Um, Been there, done that. I know mine go opposite, you know, like every year I'm like, okay, I'm losing weight this year. (laughs) And then, nope. It just goes the other way. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe your goal should be next year is that you're going to gain weight 
maybe it'll go the other way. Wow. Or it'll be true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, it's a win-win, right? Yeah, so That's right. <laughs> but, you know, everybody looking for that newness. They want something new. They want, they want to be better. Um, and in that, that's kind of where our discussion is going to go today. And that's where we're heading is talking about that newness. Um, because that is something that is extremely crucial to the gospel is being, being made new, being a new creation, being something new, old is gone. The new is here. And there was a conversation recorded in John three between Jesus and a relatively famous and well-known uh, Pharisee named Nicodemus. And many people have probably heard this before. Um, they've, you know, probably heard messages on this conversation and it comes out of John chapter three, but this is what I want us to really talk about. And, and this is where, you know, the conversation is going to, you know, orbit around, um, is this specific convo between Jesus and Nicodemus. And <clears throat> what I'll do, I, I can I can start reading it, um, and then we can, you know, start discussing it as as we go along. Is there anything you wanna you wanna add or share or just kind of set the table um before we actually dive into reading it, Trey? Um <clears throat> the only thing that that I would uh, add is the title above the chapter yep. says you must be born again. And, um, you know, that phrase has been thrown around for years and years and years. There have been <laughs> books written on it. Yep. Um, uh, I would not dare try to even begin <laughs> to write uh, a book on that, but yeah. Uh, I like it because Jesus said it. Amen. He said it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't some kind of historian. It's not even Paul or, or Peter or Luke. Jesus said this. Yep. So I think it's very, very important. I don't think we need to look over it at all. I think we need to discuss what that means. Yep. And um, <clears throat> if you want, just dive in there. Yeah. And, and I, I think that is a great point to Trey. Um, you know, those two words that that phrase born again. Um, that really is the the core of what we're going to be talking about and what that even means. Um, so, yeah, so I'll dive in. So if you're following with us, we'll be in John chapter three. I'm going to start reading from verse one. Background, little context to Nicodemus as well as it introduces him here. But it says, now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And this is actually important stuff, you know, in, in understanding who Nicodemus was, kind of the mindset and the uh, the context of him coming to, to Jesus in the, the fashion that he did. Uh, verse two says, he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And so here it is. This is the, you know, the the moment where that phrase and that term um, comes into play. 
And, and just as you alluded to, and just as you mentioned, Trey, I mean, that came from Jesus. Um, and, and what, what I want to, you know, just kind of fill in, in the, uh, the background for Nicodemus. I mean, this is someone who understands, like he knows scripture. He knows the old Testament. Um, you know, when Paul talks about himself being, you know, a Pharisee of Pharisees, like the best, like he knows his stuff. Well, Nicodemus is pretty high up there too. Like he's, he's got it together when it comes to scripture. Um, like he he knows the Old Testament, which as a Pharisee, just you know, in general, there you know the Old Testament. But then it also mentions that he was a member of the the Jewish ruling council, which is the um, the Sanhedrin. So that's even another another level. I feel like in what he knows and and his you know, qualifications of understanding the scripture. And so as he comes to Jesus, it mentions that he comes at night. And a lot of people have kind of, you know, speculated as to why does he come at night? What does that mean? Is there some significance there? And many believe that it's, you know, because the other Pharisees obviously don't view Jesus as someone special, but rather as someone who is trying to, you know, mess up their, place um within you know the the community it got a you know their i guess comfortability comfortability there to to what they've been you know what they've been doing and so So alex real quick um just so everybody will know keep this in your mind okay keep this in the back of your head um he was one of the two people who requested for Jesus to be taken off the cross and buried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So he's here. He is, you know, approaching Jesus, uh, trying to figure out who he is. Yep. And at the, at the, at the crucifixion, when it's all said and done, He's one of the guys who takes Jesus off the cross and lays him in a tomb. Yep. So he is, he's doing a lot of this against the, the wishes and against what the crowd would say. His, his peers are not standing with him on this. Um, and, and I think that's a big thing to, to understand. But just like you said, Trey, he comes to Jesus and he's like, you know, really, who are you? Like, just tell me, like, let me know, like, show us, reveal to us who you are. Um, and Jesus comes to him or, or responds and says, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Okay, so what? What? Yeah, like, yeah. What, what? You know, Nicodemus is probably going, hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. You know, uh, and of course, we're going to we're going to read how he responds mm-hmm. and he responds in the natural. And that's yeah. natural. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So he's he's not getting Jesus's logic here. All right. Yep. So actually, Nicodemus, without even knowing it, maybe he did know it. I don't know. 
he's actually asking about the kingdom mm-hmm. because the kingdom is standing right there before him. Mm-hmm. All this stuff, all these words that he's read all his life and that he's memorized, that word is standing yeah. right before him. Yeah. And he's trying to figure this out. Like, what's going on? Yeah. And, and how often is that? Can you say in your life, like you ask God a question, you know, you're praying for something. You're like, God, give me some revelation, like help me to see, give me wisdom. And then you get something back and it's like, what? That's, you know, that's not what I asked for. You know, that's not what I was thinking. Um, right. and, hey, Lord, can you, can you please help me pay this bill? Yeah. And you hear, I want you to be humble. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so we'll go on. This is, this is Nicodemus' response in verse four. It says, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born, which, I mean, that is correct. Thumbs up, Nicodemus. I mean, he's got the logic down. And then Jesus says in verse five, Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Wow. So we we have from Jesus, the author of life, a description of two births, mm-hmm. right? Yep. The one one born of water, that is natural childbirth, and then one of the spirit. Um and, and what I think is, I don't know if it's ironic, I think it's very interesting, is that neither one of these you have a choice on. I mean, you, you don't, you, you did not decide if and when and where you were going to be born and of whom. Yep. And so it is with the Spirit. Uh, Jesus said, look, this is a, this is a, a great mystery um, that is just like the wind, Nicodemus. I mean, can you tell me where the wind comes from? Can you tell me where it's going? So it is with people who are born again. I mean, <laughs> uh, very, very interesting. Yeah, I, I really, I mean, what you said there too really stands out to me is, you know, you have no no part in the deciding of when you are born or that you will be born, um, natural or, you know, spiritual when it comes to, I mean, you, the saying, you can't pick your parents. I mean, you have right. no control over that. Um, but it happens, you know, and and that could be a totally different year's worth of podcast episodes on, you know, being born again. And, and when the spirit speaks to you, when it opens your eyes and opens your ears, um, when you truly know and understand that, whoa, Jesus is truly who he says he is. And this is what he did for me. Um, and I mean, we could talk so, about yes, that for scripture. Alex, scripture says, and the psalmist says that <clears throat> it is God who knits us to, in, in our mother's womb. Yep. And scripture also says that it is God who makes us brand new. Yep. So he's the he's the creator. And so then we pick up here in verse verse nine. 
And I mean, you know, again, another logical question and, and, you know, expected response from Nicodemus. He says, how can this be? And then Jesus, (laughs) I love this, this, uh, this reply here in verse 10. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. Man, that's got to be a, that's a gut punch right there. Um, Because one thing that you can be assured of is that the Pharisees were very, um, uh, they held their knowledge and their, you know, understanding of scripture in high regard. So for Jesus to say, you're Israel's teacher, you don't understand these things. You don't understand what you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then he goes on and he says, very truly, I tell you, we are, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the son of man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. That right there is your, your summary, your explanation of being born again. How do you become born again? Um, And Jesus mentions there a reference back to the Old Testament. Again, something that Nicodemus is going to fully understand as far as the context of it, where it comes from. Um, With Moses lifting up the snake in the wilderness. And what what this is referring to is the um, when Israel was in the wilderness, you know, they were they were making their journey to the promised land and they were basically the uh sinning that's what they were doing yeah yeah the, they were grumbling they were sinning and uh yep alex if you let me i'll uh, read just the account of that in numbers 21 yep jump to it that would be great so it's starting in verse four from mount Hor, they sent out they set out, excuse me, by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And they spoke against God and against Moses. So who is Moses, right? He is the prophet. He is the word of God. When Moses speaks, even through his brother, it's God talking. Yep. Right? So not only are they um, rebelling or grumbling against being impatient, of God, but also his word. That's a big deal. Um, why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food, no water, and we loathe this worthless food. And talk about the manna, mm-hmm. right? And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. What? And the people came to Moses and said, we've sinned. We have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he takes the serpents away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. 
And the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent, set it on a pole, so that everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent, set it on a pole, and if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. Yep. Wow. Okay, so you have that story in mind. Now, Nicodemus knows the story. Yep. And Nicodemus may have always wondered what exactly does that mean? Yep. Exactly. Like, wonder, I wonder why God did that. Yep. What, you know, hey, you know and, and that's something too that, that really, I don't, I don't really know how you describe it. Maybe it's, it's kind of eye opening It's surprising, shocking almost is that someone who understood the old Testament almost by heart, you know, where they could recite it, that he did not know what this meant. He didn't know what the, what the bronze serpent on the pole represented. Well, it, it, in a nutshell, it was, it, it represented salvation and people getting saved from death. Yep. Uh, and exactly. you can see that when yeah. you read it. However, yep. he's like, why did God use a bronze serpent mm. to do that? Right. So, as, as Jesus says in verse 14 in John 3, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him will have eternal life. Now, what does, I mean, you, we, we are perplexed at how Nicodemus doesn't understand any of this, right? Well, that's, that's okay. If I'm Nicodemus, I'm not going to understand it either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to read you a quick verse on how Jesus saw the leaders of Israel, the Pharisees and, and, and the, the, the teachers and the scribes. So I'm going to go to Mark six. And this is, this is right before the feeding of the 5,000. So, this is starting in verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and let's rest for a while. For many were coming and going. They had no even time to eat. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them. And they ran on foot from all the towns that got there ahead of them. Here it is. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them for they were like sheep without a shepherd. Mm. So the shepherds at this time for, for the people were the teachers of Israel, yeah. like Nicodemus. Yeah. And Jesus is like, these, these, these teachers have lost their way. They, they, they've made laws for themselves. I mean, even the word Pharisee means to be separate from sin or separate from sinful people you know so he it, it then says and then he began to teach them many things um so now we have nicodemus and jesus is teaching nicodemus and stuff and he hits nicodemus with a curveball a knuckleball out of the blue because nicodemus is like who are you and he's like well um you got to be born again if you're going to understand any of this, if you're going to understand who I am, if you're going to understand anything I say, 
then you have to be born again, Nicodemus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that too, that's where, you know, that's where each and every one of us are. We begin in that same position, in that same spot, on that same side of the line of having the need to be born again. Because each and every one of us, we have no choice in being born. We have no choice of whether we are born into sin or not. Every one of us are born separated from God. And therefore, we need exactly what Jesus is talking about, being born again, being made new. Um, And it's really a mindset that happens as well in understanding scripture and understanding what, you know, what, what scripture means, because, you know, Nicodemus had grown up, he had been living, you know, and and breathing and being taught the, the word, the old Testament passages, but yet he still didn't understand what was being pointed to in this, you know, teaching in, in this passage discussing Moses and the, the bronze serpent. And just as a, a small, quick context, you know, to, to connect the dots, just in case it's still a little blurry, is that when the people were bitten by the snakes that were sent, the serpents, they could immediately turn and look to the bronze serpent that had been lifted up and they would be healed. The same thing is for us as we, each and every one of us. Like I said, none of us has control over whether or not we sin. We, j- we sin from birth. We are born into it. And we too can be saved and healed by turning and looking to Jesus who is lifted up for our sins. Okay, so great point. Now, how does that happen? It comes through. So that's a that. Right. How does uh, how does that even begin to happen? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what what does what does the Bible say about how that happens? Well, when one thing I want to read before we dive too much into that, um, I, w- I want to read this because it, it comes from Second Corinthians. And I just want to point to something as far as the the thought process and how we view things, because there's there's a change in what we think and there's a change in us the the whole kind of core of being born again is being made new you're not who you once were you're not the same you're different you're brand new and so paul writes in second corinthians 5 verse 17 he says therefore if anyone is in christ The new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. And I think that now jumping into what you are saying, like where does being, how do you get to be born again? And there is a a change in what you think and how you believe and kind of how you live. And a lot of that starts at the point of repentance. When you understand your need to be born again and then you turn from your ways from the world's ways from your sin you repent and you turn to christ um that is where 
the transition happens. That's the being born again moment. Um, True. You hit a great point. Um, I don't hear a lot of people uh, talk about this a lot, but one of the main things that happens when a person is born again is that um, they have a new mindset. Yeah. In other words, they have a new train of thought. They have a new, their think tank is, is brand new. Yes. In other words, you used to think on the lines of the world yeah. and it, it was a lot of selfishness. Even if you're a giving person, um, you're, you're still um, deeply in trouble because of your sin. Um, you, the, the thing that God, all right, John the Baptist and Jesus Christ, when they first started their ministries, they didn't go around saying you have, you, you must be born again, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. What did they say? Repent. Repent. Yep. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand or near. Now, repent is metanoia in the Greek, and it means simply to change the way you think. Now, who can change the way you think? God can. Yep. Right. Yeah. This is this is uh this is the uh um the the the, the basis or this is this is what God uses um to begin making you brand new. Mm -hmm. Um in other words, your your life is a result of how you think. And how you think is uh founded on what your your heart it, where your heart is right so the people who people who are not born again have a heart of stone people who are born again have a heart of flesh god has softened it right and now um the words you speak come out of a heart that's been softened um the the your thought process um it begins to be not all about you anymore it begins to be about other people and how God sees people and how you, God wants you to treat people. And that's that can only come from God Almighty himself. Come on. That right there is what I want. You know, what you just said, that can only come from God. That is salvation. There is nothing that any of us can do to get to that place of being born again. We we can't control that. To the point of, hey, man, I finally reached this mountaintop and I can now be born again because I climbed my way here. It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen. We don't earn it. We just receive it by faith in Christ Jesus through what he has done by looking to him, not to ourselves, not to our good deeds, not to our efforts, because that's what the Pharisees were focused on was their own good deeds, their own efforts to get them there. And I think that's why Nicodemus had such a hard time understanding what Jesus was talking about. Yeah, he, he did. And um, it, I want to go to Romans 10 real quick. And I want to read something that Paul wrote about what we're talking about. Yep. Because um, we've asked the question, okay, uh, what happens when you're born again? What happens to you when you're born again? Mm -hmm. um, your thought process changes. Um, your heart changes. Um, you, you're clothed in his righteousness and not your own. Yep. Um, but how does that happen? Where does that come from? Right. So let's read something that 
Romans. Dead, you will be saved. Now, next verse. It's with the heart that one believes and is justified. And it is with the mouth that one confesses and, and is saved. For Jesus had a great statement when he said, it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. So when you're actually confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he was raised from the dead and he is alive forevermore, uh, that comes from the heart. That is a new heart because you have believed. Now, how in the world do you believe? Um, for the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So how then now here's here's your answer, Alex. How then will they call on him? In whom mm -hmm. they have not believed. OK, now you, you you're Paul's saying, look, here's here's a lost person. He doesn't believe. So how will they call on him? How will the mouth confess if they don't believe, right? How are they to believe in him who they've never heard? All right, here we go. And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? Preaching what, Alex? The word, the gospel, the good yeah. news, right? I mean, yeah. look at look at um in Acts 8 where uh, Philip was walking down the road and the Holy Spirit said, hey, uh, I need you to go talk to that, that guy over there on that chariot. And he goes over there and there's a there's a, an Ethiopian eunuch who is reading scripture. He's reading Isaiah and it's about yeah. Jesus. And Philip says, hey, man, um, that's about Jesus. Let me tell you about him. So the eunuch hears and is born again. And he goes away rejoicing. Right? So what does that have to do with this passage? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet to those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So, here it is. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. This is how we believe the word. When he looked at the Pharisees one day, this is in John, and he said, because they were really upset about the things that Jesus was saying. And he says, well, you know, do you want me to tell you why you don't believe? Because you have not believed in what I have said. You have mm -hmm. not believed yeah. my word. Therefore, you do not believe in the one who sent me. So that's how we believe, Alex. That's how it starts. The word, yep. when, when, God opens God opens people's dead, deaf ears and sightless, blind eyes through his word. Yeah. When people hear his word, that's what yeah. he uses. It might mm -hmm. take a while, Alex. It might be instantaneous. Yeah. Hey, Jesus just told Nicodemus, you don't understand how people are born again. You're never going to really understand yeah. how people are yeah. born again because it's God that does it. And he does yeah. it through his word. 
And that, that leaves a very, very wonderful yet very important task for people who are sent. Like Jesus said, go and tell everybody what I, what, what I've told you, what, what tell everybody what I have said to you. He looked at him one day before he was killed. He said, I'm telling you something. My words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Come on. And, and that also, you know, the read from, from Romans about preaching, you know, how would they believe unless someone preaches to them? And I think it's important there to, to kind of talk about that too, because it's not, you're not fussing at them. You're not condemning them. No, you are speaking the word to someone. The word being you are speaking the gospel. You are sharing Jesus with someone. That is when salvation happens. When the spirit moves, when the spirit opens eyes and opens ears and opens hearts to receive that word. Um, and, and that's important, you know, as, as a Christian, you want to share Jesus with each and every person that you possibly can, that the spirit prompts you to, you don't go around and tell them what they do wrong and how bad they are. No, you, you tell them about Jesus. Um, and, and that's one of the things that we have to be reminded of, especially when we want to share the gospel. If you want to preach the word, if you want to write devotionals about Jesus and about the word, you have to, you have to do it in gentleness and humbleness. Um, again, pointing back to, you know, apologetics. I mean, that's what it's about is not telling people how bad they are. I mean, yes, we want people to, to see how bad they are, how sinful they are. That's where repentance occurs as well. But you don't do it in a condemning way. You do it in a loving, gracious way. Um, point them to Jesus. Let the spirit move and reveal those things yep. to them. That's when change happens. That's when people get born again. That's when people are made brand new. Um, yeah. When, when you get out of the way and your only concern is planting the seed, which is the word of God and, 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 uh, and or watering a, a seed that somebody's already planted. If those are your concerns, you're going to be just fine. And you pray that God will make it grow and that you pray that God will draw that person or people to the son, because everyone that the father draws to the son, the son will not lose, but will raise them up on the last day. Come on. And, and I think that's a great lead in. Um, we can't talk about John three without reading this verse, verse 16 probably the most well-known and popular verse in the entire world that many, many, many people can recite. Probably even, you know, many nine Christians can recite John three sixteen. but this is what happens. This is how you, this is a great summarization of what Jesus and Nicodemus are talking about here, being born again, how, that happens, what God did 
who allow that to happen, what Jesus has done for us. And so in verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. If you're listening to this, you're joining us on this podcast, on this episode, that right there, that summarizes being born again. That is, that's the way that God made for us to be able to be healed from our sins and from ultimately death. Is we can turn when we are sick in our sins, we can turn and look to Christ who has been lifted up for us. Just like the reference he made to the bronze serpent in the wilderness for the Israelites. They could turn and they could look to it and be healed, not by anything they did, but by believing in the power that it had to bring them healing. And that's where our salvation comes from, is from Christ, who has made that way and made that available for mm. us. Amen. Um, I'm going to read verse 17 as well. For God did not send his son mm -hmm. into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to share a story out of Luke. Um, and it's a beautiful story of salvation to somebody who didn't deserve it, who was hated, despised and, and, and labeled worse than sinners. <clears throat> this is a story about Zacchaeus. So mm. this is in Luke nine, 19, rather Luke 19 in this uh, starting with verse one. He entered Jericho and was passing through <clears throat> and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. And he was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, for he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, I love this. He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry down, for I must stay at your house today. Now, Zacchaeus just heard the word of the Lord tell him, the, God is coming to your house today, Zacchaeus. I don't mm. care about your stature. Yeah. I don't care about what you've done. <clears throat> I don't care what people think of you. I have chosen you. And so he hurried down and came down and received him joyfully. You get that? Zacchaeus heard yep. the word. His heart, eyes, and ears were open, and he received Christ joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone into to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today, Salvation has come to this house since he is also a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Mm. 
man. Come on. You know, God has such an amazing and interesting way of changing people's lives. It's, it's different for everybody. Um, I've seen salvation moments. I've seen, I've seen it instantaneous. I've seen it, um, um, not drag out, but I've seen it, uh, uh, go through amount of time, like a, a four or five week time when somebody, you can see it, you can see God working in them. And this is, this is the thing yep. about what Jesus said to Nicodemus. It, it, it's, it's, it's like the wind Nicodemus, the, the, the drunk beggar who nobody wants to talk to sitting on the side of the road. A week later, you see him and he's running around telling people about Jesus and he's fine. That's, that's, that's what God does. And, and, and I'm telling you, yep. I, I, if, if you're listening to this podcast, whenever you do and you hear God's voice because of his word, Will you please give us a shout? Look us up. Give us a line or two. Tell us who you are. Mm. How can we help you? How can we help you find a local uh, body of believers uh, who are who have been changed just like you? And um, yeah. Alex, can you tell them how to do that? Absolutely. If if that's you. Um, reach out to us. You can email us at info at hoperisingministries.sc um, or sorry, .cc, or you can find us on Facebook at Hope Rising Ministries SC. And uh, we'd love to talk with you. We'd love to, to celebrate with you. If, if the Lord has opened your eyes and opened your ears through this, this episode, through this conversation um, by his word, and by his spirit, if that's you or you want to, you know, dive deeper into his word, you want to know more, you want to understand better, you have questions, you want to get plugged into a local church, um, reach out to us and, and we'll definitely connect you and um, get you plugged in somewhere and help you to find a, a church or, you know, a body of believers near you and around you. So connect with us, uh, just reach out to us and we, uh, we'd love to hear from you, but thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for, um, spending this time with us. Thank you, Trey, for, you know, all that you do always being here and, uh, and your conversation, um, enjoy man, it myself. It's a, it's so I pleasure, appreciate man. it. I love doing it. All right. Well, everybody, you have a great week and awesome and wonderful yep. new year. And we will talk to you again next year. time. Peace God out, bless. Everybody.